0: Welcome back to another edition of The Zone with J.D. Dugan, live on the No Filter Network. It's Monday morning, getting after it. Pretty good weekend in sports. Coach K, final home game. LeBron, 56-10 performance at age 37. UFC 272, I believe, was the card delivered. All right, we'll, we'll move into the stuff. As always talking a little relevant stuff, talking a little bigger picture, getting into it all. We'll start it out with a little Coach K talk. So the legendary Mike Krzyzewski of Duke is calling it a career after the season, and he had his final home game at Duke. They lost North Carolina. Their arch rivals got which uh, got a win, which I'm seeing some North Carolina fans calling The best non-title win of all time. So that means the rivalry, there's some true bad blood. Because usually there's that mutual kind of like, you know, I respect Coach K. No, I mean, the tweets I saw, North Carolina fans were very happy they ruined that moment with 100 Duke former players in the building. Okay, that being said, let's pay a little respect to Coach K. We'll see how they do in the NCAA tournament. I, I said before on the zone sports underscore Instagram. If Duke wins the finals this year, that's his storybooking. gets. Send coach K out on top. Will that happen? We'll see. Could it happen? They have some great talent. And although they lost that tough game, maybe that's the one that fuels the fire and say, we can't let coach down like that again. That didn't feel good. We got to use that as the motivation. Paulo Banchero potential top three pick in the draft. He had some struggles down the stretch in that game. He's a freshman. Maybe he learns from that, bounces back. Interested to see how they do in the conference tournament and in the NCAA tournament as well. But, okay, Coach K, most winning is coach in college basketball history, five-time national champion, and the most final four appearances, I believe, of all time. So it's obvious he's a legend. Is he the greatest coach of all time? That's debatable. Might be something coming up on the zone community question of the day soon. Of course, John Wooden, a lot of coaches out there. He's not, he, he's, he's not out of the argument, though. You can't say Coach K didn't get himself into the argument, at least. So he, he's there. But my question now is, who could be the next great legendary coach? We saw Roy Williams retire recently, another coaching legend. Coach K is calling it a career after this season. Like, Who could be that next guy? When you look around, Calipari comes to mind. Jim Beheim, he's towards the end of his run. He better make a quick run at it, but he doesn't quite have the credentials of a Coach K. And we got some action in the chat. Jay Wright is definitely a guy on this list. Shout out to Duncan Dad jumping in on the chat. always appreciate you, man. Welcome to the show. And Jay Wright, I would say Jay Wright, Scott Drew at Baylor, Mark Few maybe. There's a couple of these guys who they do have a chance if they could go on a 15-year run, They want to coach till they're 75 like Coach K. They've laid the groundwork for a a pretty damn special resume. Like I said, Calipari, Beheim, Izzo comes to mind. There's these guys who they've been doing it for a while. Calipari, I mean, if he were a coach till he's older and do that, for some reason I get the vibe like he's the dude, maybe coach a couple more years, jump in the analyst role. We could all see that one for sure. That being said, so Jay Wright, great response there. Another guy who doesn't get mentioned is not uh, enough, I'm not sure his age and how much longer he has to go, but Bill Self is definitely a guy. Yeah, Bill, you just mentioned it in the chat. That's exactly who I was going to say. He's a guy who, I'm going to look up how old Bill Self is real quick, just for the sake of having it right in front of me, because he's a guy you, like the, the casual college basketball fan, you know Bill Self. But when you look at his track record and how long he's been doing it, I mean, he's Had a very special run there. He's, let's see, 59. So, yeah, he's another guy. If he decides to stick it out at Kansas for 15 more years and pulls in, you know, national champion or two more, you never know. So, it's very interesting. We're in a good place when we have that many coaches to mention. I think you look around college football, it's a lot harder to have this conversation. Yeah, hey, appreciate you, man. Have a great day. Always appreciate you, Duncan Dad. For anybody who's listening on Spotify or No Filter, make sure you go check out his content. Also, the Dunkin' Dad, follow him on Instagram. Great stuff. And last show, epic Timmy Duncan story. One of those ones I was telling people that I saw around town, like, hey, we had a great Timmy Duncan story on the show. You better go check that one out. So shout out Duncan Dad. You have a great day, man. And everybody go check out his stuff as well. So there's definitely a lot to break down with the future of college basketball. Where, Where? is it headed as far as? And you haven't really heard much about the nil deals in college basketball as much as college football which is interesting Now it's random but but what's the future i mean who knows as far as head coaches go we got call cal perry Beheim, Izzo, huggins jay wright bill self jay uh shock smart scott drew mark few that rhyme that was nice i think that it's unlike college football where you look around the college football and you have a lot of coaches who maybe it's just so much harder to win with a team like Alabama dominating the top. But it doesn't feel like you have that level of credential coaches who have been doing it for two decades plus, who you know year in and year out, they're going to build a program that's going to be championship caliber. I mean, all of these coaches, you could almost make a bet that Calipari, Beheim, Izzo, Huggins, Wright, Self, Drew, Smart, Few, Cal, and Coach K himself—almost all those dudes are making the Sweet 16 nearly every season. You know, every other year it feels like they're in the Sweet 16. So that's special. It's not easy to do. We'll move it along. A little NBA talk. Shout out Coach K. I was never the biggest Duke fan. I'm not like a a Dukey at all. Had a good buddy growing up who was a Duke fan, so I'm sure I've talked my fair share of crap on Duke in the day, but it's like I've said about every other person you grow up rooting against as you get older, you appreciate the greatness. You see how hard it is to recreate that kind of greatness on a long-term basis basis. And that's what it's all about. So coach K a lot of respect. So we'll talk a little NBA real quick. There's been a thing going around where Charles Oakley came out and he basically said Giannis couldn't have played in the eighties. He couldn't have played in the other eras. He wouldn't have made it. Let's see if I could pull the quote up in front of me here. And he basically, you know, you could think what you want about it. I'll give my thoughts real quick. And then I'm going to pull up a clip from Isaiah Thomas of NBA TV who had a great response to Charles Oakley and I think broke down the Giannis in the past era conversation better than anybody I've seen. So Charles Oakley said Giannis Antetokounmpo would have came off the bench in his era, right? It's a bold statement for a two time MVP, a finals champion, and a guy who, let's be real, is a freak of nature. You know, he's the Greek freak for a reason. I think Giannis would have averaged 25 and 10 in any era. I'm not going to go over the top here and say he is Wilt Chamberlain. Okay. But let's be real. He's one of those rare guys at six foot ten, six foot 11. He's probably seven foot realistically. Watch him guard and beat those guys. He's right there. He's a rare, rare dude. Like when he steps on the court, when we think of the history of basketball, there's only probably 10 to 20 guys who have ever been that kind of physically imposing and athletic. So Giannis, any era would have been fine in my opinion. And after this video, I'll show of Isaiah. I'll uh, go over a list of a few other guys who because of their high basketball IQ or their physical play would have been good in any era, some modern players. That being said, I'm not gonna go out and say Giannis would have been the Wilt in the 60s, but I mean, he could have had a damn chance. And that's that's the point. Like the fact that you could even think about maybe I'm crazy, maybe old school NBA fans are sitting there listening, going, this guy's lost his mind. But the point is, Giannis is a guy who I think would have made it in any era because he's a smart player. And also he's a rare, like you have a list of guys like Shaq, Wilt Chamberlain, LeBron. I mean, it's, it's rare. You see a guy uh, because I mean, you think of basketball players, agile, fast, quick. That dude could have played tight end probably. Now, when he came in the league, he wasn't at that point, but you know, he put in the work and here we are. So I'm going to, Play the video of isaiah or at least attempt to i've had my fair share of trouble doing this in the past but let's see if i can get it to work let's see if i can get the video to work here we're going to go for it all right we're going to try one more time i'm not going to spend too much time caught up on getting the isaiah video on here but i thought it'd be good because he really breaks it down great all right try one more time here we go all right Looks like we got it to work. Hopefully I don't blow out anybody's eardrums here. All right, let's see. All right, all right, we're back. Screen sharing's over. Hopefully everyone can hear me properly. So Isaiah broke it down perfectly. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that about Charles Oakley, so I played the video and let him say it. Charles Oakley, one of the you know baddest students in NBA history, he has more credentials than I do. I'm not going to go, Charles Oakley doesn't know what he's talking about, but let's be real. Giannis, like he said, whether it's 30-20 or 20-30 here in seven years, eight years, he's going to be doing what he's doing. So Giannis is a special talent. I'll go over a couple more guys who I think could have made it in any era that are currently in the NBA today. I'm going to run through this really quick. Joel Embiid, would he have been the same dominating center he is today in the past? I'm not sure if he would have been... The same going up against Hakeem, Duncan, and Shaq. But he would have been right in the conversation. And there's, and I'm not saying he was quite there yet. But he's shown the flashes that show. He could have played it in the air, in my opinion. Giannis already went over that. Kyle Lowry, not a guy maybe people would expect on this list. His savvy basketball IQ and old-school style, he really fits the mold of what I'd expect, like an old-school Team leader, point guard kind of a guy. That's just my opinion. High basketball IQ. Mark Jackson type of guy. I'm not saying he'd be a superstar, but I'm saying these guys could have made it in that area as a great player. Chris Paul, same thing. Speaking of Isaiah, maybe the closest thing to Isaiah. I mean, one of those guys doesn't matter the era. Chris Paul brought it on defense. One of the best ball handlers of all time. He's going to make it. And he's physically for a point guard. He was either faster than everyone and now he's one of the strongest point guards. So he's put in the work. LeBron, You can say what you want about LeBron. I do think he would make it in any era, no doubt. I think what we're seeing him pull off at 37, I will say, would have been more difficult to pull off in a past era, but that's because the way he's attacking it right now, where he does a lot more perimeter game and this and that, and don't get me wrong, Jordan and Kobe both brought that mid-range in, and that was kind of their go-to move later in the game. Jordan loved the back guys down around the high post, whatever it was, you know, Kobe got to that baseline jumper and it was money. Like you just know LeBron's kind of getting to that point. The point I'm saying is I do wonder if LeBron was playing in the eighties and his game was aging, we'd see him be more of a back to the basket adapted his game more. And I think he would have made it work. It's just interesting to think about. So Kawhi Leonard, another guy on this list he's the last guy i'll mention right now there's a ton of dudes this isn't to throw shades shade at anybody i didn't mention luca you think of a lot of these young stars on the rise i mean i'm sure a ton of these kids could have made their game work but when i'm talking about pure two-way players who high basketball iq championship level Kawhi leonard any era that guy on your team you have a chance to make a run i mean i think he's one of the only guys that if we were playing the what if game, what if Kawhi could have matched up on, uh, excuse me, Kawhi could have matched up on Jordan for a seven game series. And when he was like young Kawhi guarding LeBron, dogging him in the speaking of dog. And I just stole that from Isaiah. There we go. That's how it goes though. Hey, that, I, I like that. I've never heard that one. He would dog him up and down the court, but I mean, really, but Kawhi versus Jordan. I'm not saying Jordan wouldn't have got his, because that's what Jordan did against everybody all time. But Kawhi, when you look at the physical, Matchup, one of the few dudes who could have early in his career when he was, like, locking down LeBron in the playoffs mode. It would have been fun to watch. Okay, we'll move it along, that was a great clip. Shout out to everybody watching the show live. It's always much appreciated. Shout out to Duncan Dad earlier for jumping in, in the chat. Always appreciated. So we'll talk a little bit of college football, and then I'm going to jump back into basketball. Rocking and rolling today. Got about 30 minutes left of the show so a process i saw a list come out via uh, fox sports college football on instagram just kind of interesting here in my opinion so it was breaking down where were the qbs in this year's combine uh, rated going into their college career as far as their position in the uh, prospect rankings via 247 sports who they're kind of like maxed preps, two, four, seven sports, all these guys, they rank high school athletes to see who's the best. So here's what stood out to me. Out of the whole list of NFL QBs who are going to the or excuse me, college QBs who are going to the combine. We're, what let's see, we got about one, two. We got about 15 guys on the list. Only two of them were top 100 players in their high school football class. That's saying something. It's it's just a reminder that you might not be the best guy coming out of high school, but you got a chance and we'll move it along. We'll look at, we'll just look at the national ranking at quarterback of some of these players. So Sam, Howell was the third ranked dual ranked passer, and Matt Corral was the fourth overall pro style passer for those who don't know, who don't know that they do two separate rankings. One for more dual threat quarterbacks, guys who like uh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson versus a traditional Tom Brady type of back quarterback. So those two guys were in the top, uh, you know, top rankings here. Other than that, you know, Jack Cohn was ranked 20th for pro-style QBs, ranked 500th basically in the national class. Kenny Pickett was ranked the 738th player in this class, 33rd overall QB for pro-style going into his college career. He's probably going to be a first-round pick and get paid. And not only that, he's going to have an opportunity to make a run at it in the NFL. Desmond Ritter was the 17,000th was – or excuse me. We'll start that over. It's Monday. 1700th ranked quarterback, essentially, in his class coming into uh, college. Desmond Ritter just went out and made it to the college football playoff. He's going to get drafted. And he was ranked 16,000th and 57. I can't do math today. It's Monday. Around the 1700 range, okay? And here this guy's going to make it. So the point I'm saying is we can't strictly rely on who's the big prospect coming out? Who's the next big thing anymore? Because really, I hate to say it, scouting, I'm not sure if it's gotten, I'm not going to say it's gotten lazy because there there are so many great, I'm not going to say there's so many great scouts out there. I have a lot of respect for scouts come from family with People, My grandpa was a scout for a little baseball scout, you know, close to the some scouts growing up. But listen to what I'm going to say. It's a different era where whether it's the approach to analytics or whatever it is, in high school football, this is the problem where they have. A lot of these kids where you look at Malik Willis, another kid who was ranked basically 400th in his national class, and now he's supposed to be potentially a first or second round pick. Ritter, same thing. Kenny Pickett, same thing who knows if they had the exposure coming out of some of these top prospects, because nowadays it's all about, I'm not saying these guys didn't take part in it. I didn't do my homework on that, but a lot of the times it comes down to, did you do the elite 11? Did you do the Manning camps? Did you do all the seven on seven camps in the summer? And believe it or not, those things aren't cheap. Typically not everybody has access to that. So I think in, in the world of AAU basketball, travel, baseball, and now in football, it's all the summer camps and this and that. We always are going to have these guys creeping up out of the woodwork, too. They didn't get the eyeballs on them because they just didn't get the exposure. Maybe they didn't have the people around them actively trying to get them recruited. You know, you're at the middle of the pack football school. That's not their thing. That can happen. There's, you know, guys that I watched playing football. I played high school football with and I can never figure out why the guy I played with didn't get a scholarship and you look around at some of the other players in the conference who went places, and you just start to realize there are so many more elements to it than just leaving it on the field and performing. And you look at some of the – you hear some of the stories of some of the guys who go unsigned out of uh, uh, high school school and go walk on as high school football legends. So it's not a perfect system. I'm just saying this to remind people. You look at the kid from Oklahoma, Spencer Radler it was a top prospect. And all of a sudden now he's kind of fell off the map a little bit. And I'm going to always root for those kids to bounce back. That's kind of the point I'm getting at, but we have to remember those kids are going to be put at a bar up here where all they can do really is fail. And all these other kids, they're not getting the right amount of attention. And if you put in the work, shout out Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, even Jack Cone, these guys, I don't know where Jack Cohn's going to get drafted. The other dudes I know are going to get drafted, but shout out all of them. They put in the work and now they have a chance to go to the next level after coming out as maybe consider guys who were maybe not over, you know, afterthoughts, Jack Cohn went to Notre Dame. I mean, at a certain point, I I don't know if he transferred there. Now the point I'm getting at though is put in the work, good stuff happens. And we got to remember in college football, especially in this modern transfer portal, Money involved era, it's just going to get a little funky. And there is going to be those guys who find a way to just play their asses off and they're going to perform. Whereas other guys, they're going to have all the hype, they're going to have the deals, they're going to have all that. And it's not going to add up because it's too much for an 18 year old kid. So it's going to be an interesting balance. I'm a big fan of the underdog. I just think it's a weird landscape in college sports right now. And this year's draft, regardless, a lot of people are saying, oh, this is the worst QB draft of all time. Give it time. I mean, that's all I could say. I'd say college football this year was interesting. We saw a lot of not traditional powers dominating, and the way that the games played nowadays, you could take a look at this list. Even I think a lot of it has to do with the offensive players in. That's a. I mean, that's actually. It used to be looking for a pro style QB. You wanted a guy who played in that system. Now you want one of these guys who can get out a little bit, move around, make all the throws. You look at Ole Miss QB Matt Corral had Lane Kiffin. You look at Desmond Ritter, he was on Cincinnati, high-flying offense. So there, there's something to that. It definitely helps. There's a lot of elements, but shout out to all those kids for putting in the work. And no disrespect to the kids who do go to the camps and do all that and put in the work. It's just a reminder that it's not always there for everyone. Okay, so it's 7.40. you got about 20 minutes left in the show. I'll, I'll I'll do one quick rumor, and then we'll move along to more NBA talk. Bill Simmons has reported, supposedly, this is one of those week-week reports where it's not solid but the nba is going to try to bring a team to vegas and lebron's going to be in on the ownership group now the lebron in on the ownership group thing i have no idea about that the nba going to vegas if i had to bet the house on that one i would not be afraid to bet the house on that one. they're going to vegas it's working pro sports to vegas definitely works and the nba would thrive there I went and saw the Big Three in Las Vegas last summer, got to cover the event. Awesome time. Shout out the Big Three. Shout out Ice Cube. First credentialed event. Definitely one of those things I always get hyped about. But the energy in the arena for the, that basketball was popping. So an NBA team in Vegas, it, would be, it could get like Showtime Lakers-ish if they brought the right players. It would be a party every night. There'd be more big names there, I think, than Laker games now. So it's, it's a bold statement, but you look around L, uh, Vegas, how many people have residencies there. A lot of celebrities in the area. Always a lot of UFC fighters, a lot of going on. It would be a show in town. So Vegas, <laughs> excuse me. I believe they're going to get an NBA team. Now the LeBron part. I, I'm going to say this. I actually think it would hurt their chances of, of getting an authentic fan base to have LeBron involved. Because it almost will turn into the LeBron James show after a while. Not that I'm not rooting for LeBron. I've, there's always been rumors he wants to be an NBA owner. And you look around, it's Michael Jordan's one the only guy who's done that. So I'm like, you can't, you can't hate the ambition. But I think he's better in a different city. I, I don't know why. I just I think Vegas, there's so many Laker fans out there. They might just be like, oh, another? We got to go with LeBron again? That being said, you guys are an entrepreneur if he makes it happen it'd be pretty groundbreaking for lebron to be the guy to get going the las vegas basketball team it'd be uh, the story of the it'd be a big story then he goes and signs the sun we're talking must watch stuff because it's either going to be the best team in town or the worst and everybody be interested all right so that's something to keep an eye on down the road so let's do a little nba playoff talk and we got let's see about 15 minutes left i'm just trying you know a lot of stuff to talk today but don't want to go too long here so nba is getting to that time of the year when the intense intensity really starts ramping up lebron over the weekend huge game 56 points 10 rebounds big win against the warriors nets and celtics jason tatum had a 54 point game balled that out Great game. It but what The point I'm getting at is it had playoff intensity. It's starting to feel like it's that time of the year. Stuff's turning up a little. And I think... Here, excuse me one sec. All right. We're back. We're live. I think this is one of those years we're going to see a special stretch run in the NBA. The playing games have added a little extra intensity. It keeps everybody on their toes just a little bit more down the stretch. Everybody's kind of alive still. and. You're already seeing guys like LeBron and Tatum take it up a notch. I think this year we have so much talent where and I and I said this last year. We're getting to a point where we saw this run where it was the same thing every year. It was LeBron versus the Warriors, LeBron versus the Spurs, the war it was basically the Warriors and Cavs, Warriors, Heat and Spurs, Lakers and Celtics. I mean, we've had Kind of, It's been a little predictable for a while now. Of course, there's been those teams who slip in and make a finals here and there, but you kind of know what's going to happen with a little reason. Now, the last few years is shaken up a bit. The Lakers kind of made that bubble run. Not everybody was sure if they were going to win that one. The Suns and Bucks, both not traditional powers. And this year, we have a ton of teams who have life at this point in the season, and I'd say that's pretty rare. So I'm going to go over in the East and then the West, the teams that I think really have a chance to make the finals that I would not rule out in the East Celtics. They have a core that's been doing this for a couple of years. Now, a few weeks ago, I remember talking to Rico on the Rico and JD show, watch that Friday mornings at 9:30 here on the no filter network. I, I kind of wrote off the Celtics and then they kind of started clicking and I started to look at it and they got this core that they've been playing with for about four or five years now. And you look around the league and everybody's kind of got this, Throw-it-together mindset. Jason Tatum's taking the leap. Don't sleep on the Celtics because defensively, they're the real deal. And they have a lot of guys who can straight get buckets. As far as Tatum, Brown, maybe I shouldn't say a lot of guys, but Derek White I like. But they have those two guys who can really get you buckets. So we'll see. The Bucs, of course, they're in the conversation. I'm not even going to break that one down. The Nets, if they get healthy, if Kyrie can play in home games, I worry about their defense. But I do think they're a championship caliber team for the sake of you can't count on a guy like Kevin Durant. I don't, I wouldn't bet on it, but I would say that the doors open. Miami Heat, they're kind of an interesting choice right now where I think they're probably the best regular season team in the East on a night to night basis. Coach Spolstra is one of the best coaches, the most underrated coaches in basketball. And they bring a certain intensity. The problem is in the playoffs when everybody else ramps it up is that kind of counterbalance itself. And they're maybe just not quite as much of a firepower kind of team. Now, Heat versus Celtics right now, I go a little bit of an edge. I give the Heat the slight edge. Heat versus Bucks. Heat versus Net, Nets even. In a seven-game series, it's a crapshoot. The Bucks, I would, I would lean towards, but the Nets, I would lean towards a crapshoot. I mean, you can't make the pick right now. Sixers are the last team I'll mention here. Joel Embiid and Harden look like a real deal, superpower kind of duo in the East. Joel Embiid is the most physically imposing big man in the NBA right now. Harden, a pick-and-roll maestro. It's looking clean. So I think that they they all these teams do have a chance. If I had to rank them in order, I'd say the Bucs are my favorite. Heat, Sixers would be the next two, and then Nets and Celtics, I guess, to round it out in the West. And uh, here's the other teams that just to keep an eye on, they're they're a little they're a year or two away from the finals run, but they're going to be a trouble in the playoffs. I don't think they get swept. Maybe the Raptors. but So Raptors, they're a team that's moving forward going to be a team to watch. Pascal Siakam doesn't really get talked about as much anymore. He's an all-star caliber player. Van Vleet's an all-star caliber player. The Raptors, I don't think they win the finals this year. I don't think they make the finals. But they're going to be a team to keep an eye on. The Cavs going forward are the team I would really watch to build and grow. And the Bulls, I mean, they're close. I think the Bulls could give it to the Celtics. I think they could beat the Nets. But those other teams, I don't know if I like the matchup. So it's all going to be matchup-based, as it always is in the playoffs. Styles make fights. But I'd keep an eye on the Bulls as the one team who I didn't put on that list that could make a push. All right, so moving along to the West. I'm not going to do as much explaining for these teams at first here because I think it's obvious. The Suns, if healthy, championship-caliber team. The Warriors, if healthy, the way they played this year with the pieces they've added, they're a championship-caliber team. Now, this is where it kind of gets interesting. I'd say the Jazz are the other team I would throw into that list. I think they've done it for a few years, and Donovan Mitchell's at a point in his career. Maybe he takes another leap. We saw him last postseason. A lot of people were saying Donovan Mitchell's the best basketball player in the world right now. When he was really taking over games in the playoffs, he turns it up to another level. I think the Jazz are one of those teams. If they made the finals, I wouldn't be shocked. They have the core. They've been like the Celtics kind of where they've been doing it for a while good head coach, don't count out the Jazz. Now the next two teams, it's going to be the what-if, what-if teams here. The Clippers, if Paul George and Kawhi actually did come back, everybody's done, it's been so odd, where they've been ruled out time and time again for the whole season. And then a little report will come out and say, Paul George and Kawhi, they're both trying to make a push for the playoffs, and we'll see what happens. But if those guys are on the court, the way the Clippers fight, I don't think I would. I don't think there'll be a championship squad. But if those dudes are healthy, basically Kawhi is a guy. If he's on the floor, you can't count out. But that's such a big what if right now. He's not quite. They're they're kind of like the one with the asterisk here. The Lakers I will add to this list though, based off their last game, because when LeBron James steps it up to that level, the very few can reach that he can get to. He's still one of the best players in the world, I think. The Lakers are flawed, but when you put Malik Monk and Austin Reeves in that rotation like they've been doing in Adam, that young spark of energy, those two guys are changing ball games. and I think it's getting LeBron energized. The, the X factor, of course, is going to be how does Westbrook perform on the games on the line, and you know who, Anthony Davis. I mean, can Anthony Davis get back healthy and stay healthy? I mean, who knows, but if he's healthy, For a seven-game series, if LeBron's playing like he has the last few games, mainly, of course, against the Warriors, that was a Finals-esque LeBron performance. I just can't count them out for making a run. I wouldn't say they're my favorite. The Suns are, are, in my opinion, the favorite in the West. But the Warriors, the Jazz, they're good teams. But I don't know if they have the firepower. The Warriors, I think they do. But if, if LeBron gets into that, I'm dropping 50 mode. He's like, I'm doing this one last time and I'm going crazy in the postseason, and then I'm, I'm this is it, go all in or not. You know, maybe this is kind of uh the last run, you know, as far as being that kind of a caliber player. We'll see. Now, maybe that was just a rare performance. The stars were out, he was motivated. We'll see how it carries down the stretch. I just feel like that team can gain a lot of momentum. And I've always said it, I just can't rule out a guy like LeBron. It's like Tom Brady. We've seen the media do it time and time again. You can root for it. You can hate the guys, but they find a way to win. They find a way to stay consistent, and they've done it for a long time. So as far as the Grizzlies, they're a team that's been a hot team. I still don't think they're a finals caliber team this season, but I think that they can make a Western Conference Finals. I think Steven Adams doesn't get talked about a lot. Jared Jackson's a real deal, and John Morant, of course, is a superstar. I mean, he's the real deal. The only thing I worry about with jaw as it has now been going around a little more in the media. I've been thinking of this for a while. So, I, you know, I'll just act like I got to it first, but you know, we've seen it. The, the Derek Rose, the Westbrooks, the John walls, the freak athletes it is different in the playoffs. Now here's the one thing I'll say. The games change so much. John Morant is a better shooter. In my opinion, when he's in that groove than any of those guys at this point in his career, Derrick Rose had his moments when he would get hot. He could start hitting shots, young baby bulls Derrick Rose, if anybody remembers those teams, a lot of fun. But John Moran, in my opinion, is a better shooter, and that could be the difference where he has just that enough outside game, the game's a little less physical, that that he could have some success and make a finals type of run. I just think they're maybe a year away because they're young. They have a lot of guys who have had some injury issues, I think, of Dylan Brooks, who I'm a big fan of. It's just going to be interesting to see. And the last team, just to mention, Luka and the Mavs. I guess we'll throw them out there just because Luka's so good. But really, it's the Suns, Warriors, Lakers, and Jazz for me. The Lakers are the big what-if, along with the Clippers. And then out in the East, Celtics, Bucks, Nets, Heat, and Sixers. I think all those teams have a real chance. I'm not saying any of those teams, you know, I'm not saying anybody's a lock. But that's kind of the point. When's the last time we could say that? We're going into this time of the year. You really don't know who the pure favorite is. Okay, so I gave LeBron his credit. Talked some Lakers. Talked a lot of hoops today. I'm a Clippers guy, so it is hard for me to sit there and give the Lakers credit. But I call him like I see him. and It's like I said, I mean, Tom Brady, you could never write him off until he was retired. I feel like LeBron is one of those kind of guys. That's just the the matter of the fact. I mean, when he elevates his game to that playoff mode there's just very few athletes that we've seen who can flip that switch like they do brady lebron there's a couple guys that come to mind so let's see i've got about five minutes left of the show i'm trying to see what else we should break down trying to go through some topics here i had some nfl to talk but i think i'm just going to close it up with one thing and then we'll call it a day just this is more of a just interesting thing. I'm a, I'm a UFC fan. I'm a fan of sports journalism. I'm a fan of the idea that, you know, we're in an interesting place where sport the sports world's kind of collided with this whole cancel culture thing going on right now, which I've said before, there's times where people make mistakes that are do need to be called out. I mean, there's not any uh denying that. So I'm I'm not trying to sit here and grill cancel culture although a lot of the times it's uncalled for and that's kind of so now this one whatever teach their own joe rogan basically was trying to get taken off of spotify for quote-unquote misinformation regarding medical stuff and the pandemic and this and that i'm not going to get into all that but what i will say i did think it was interesting to see after that and then he had it came out that in some of his past podcasts he used some inappropriate language some Bad stuff. People came out and defended him. It is what it is. He's, he's still doing it. I'm not trying to cancel that. The point I'm getting at, for ESPN this weekend to put him on the broadcast, that was a win for uh, the team no-cancel culture trial. Like I said, I'm pretty objective. I just call him like I see him. I don't really try to ever pick sides. I stay neutral on everything. I really think that's the only way as a journalist in today's world you can do this and be fair and objective. When I was younger – There's no way I would have been sitting up here giving the Lakers credit when the Clippers are in the same playoff fight as them. So it's just one of those things. You have to be real. But I will say, seeing him on ESPN back on the platform after being taken, he had to basically remove himself from the previous broadcast because apparently he just, uh, I don't know what the issue was. The point is, I was a little like, nobody's going to mention this. I'll say it on my show. It just shows though that Time and a place. I mean, we all, and I say that because both sides, whether you're all for, you know, we need to make everything perfect, or on the other side where you hate the cancel culture, it just shows like there is some. There is an in-between where Joe Rogan, he said some stuff in his past he wasn't proud of. He came up, he owned it, he said he made a mistake. People came to his defense, and his career lived on. So I just think it's a reminder that as much as it's easy to... Get caught up in it all and think that there's no chance of logical thinking going forward. I mean, it just shows there's it's all time and place. And the more we see these kind of issues, the better we're going to get at dealing with them. Okay, we got four minutes left of the show. I could wrap it up there on a great positive note, and I think I will. I don't know if that was a great positive note, but I was going to start talking Mitchell Trubisky to the Commanders. A former Bears fan, I'm like, give Mitch Trubisky a chance, but that's a story for another time. So we'll save that for next show. Thank you, everybody watching live on the No Filter Network. It's your boy, the one and only JD Dugan. The Zone with JD. I'm out. Everybody have a great week. If you're watching on No Filter Network, thank you. If you're listening later, thank you. Whatever it may be, we always appreciate you. Make sure you're following on the Zone Sports underscore on Instagram. All right, everybody, have a great day. Have a great week and hope you enjoyed. Take it easy, y'all.